Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news, even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get that bonus and get in on the action. Bet online, where the game starts. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Everything Auburn. I'm so glad you have joined us. My name is Taylor Davis. I am your Auburn-loving host, and I am thrilled to be joined, as I am every single week, by the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Campbell. What's up, everybody? Hope you've had a fantastic couple of weeks since we last spoke. Jason was kicked back enjoying some beach time, as he deserves And uh, your girl might have had some downtime as well. So we appreciate our listeners being flexible with us during the summer. Everyone needs a little R&R every now and then. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about today, especially on the baseball front. So we're going to get you caught up on all of that. But I hope all of our listeners are getting a little vacay time this summer as well. But as for the Plains, there's a lot of work happening down there, especially around athletics, and we are going to get into all of it. We'll start with football, as we always do. I actually had the opportunity to go by campus this past week, saw uh, a few people, walked around the athletic complex a little bit, which is always so weird because that the current athletic complex that they have not moved out of yet was the first press conference room that I ever covered a presser in. It's the first place that I ever asked a head coach a question. I used to work the press conferences for Coach Melzahn during football season my senior year of college. So as a student, I was in there practicing, trying to gain the courage to ask a question during a press conference. And and now I, I get to do it for the SEC Network, which is pretty cool. So got to go back and walk down memory lane a little bit. And as I was walking through my own memory lane, what do you know? There's a big life-size picture of my co-host, Jason Campbell, a magazine cover. Every time I think I'm semi-cool, I'm reminded real quickly that I'm nowhere near Jason's level. But it did make me think, I have to assume there's going to be some JCAM memorabilia in the new state-of-the-art football facility that we are all patiently awaiting the the you know completion of that i drove by it the thing is massive and they're they're aiming for a 2023 um opening but i mean honestly with everything they're doing with that building you may have your own like hologram jason they are doing insane stuff with that building but do you how do you know where things are of yours around campus do they tell you like hey we're putting this here we're going to use this picture do you just walk around campus and get surprised like hey that's me well I'm glad you said that uh I do get surprised Um, (laughs) that's gotta be so wild yeah to be honest with you yeah I just they have a picture of all the Heisman and like the Jim Thorpe award winners Mm -hmm. you know and 
you know, everybody else that won like big time awards. But I actually wish that they would add like the SEC Player of the Year awards. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, because that's hard to get in the toughest conference in college football. And I was SEC Player of the Year in 2004. Yep. And there's no picture of me that says SEC Player of the Year 2004. Yeah, you know, I agree. There was, you know, there was other guys, I think that was 2004. I mean, they were not 2004, but there was other guys in other years that was SEC Player of the Year. Um, I'm thinking, kids, carry on Johnson win offensive SEC player of the year? I think uh, so. And there's no picture of him that says SEC player of the year. Hmm. You know, those are things that we need to do more and better yeah. of because that's recruiting bait. You know, like a totally. lot of people don't know those things. And it, and it's a recruiting bait. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I just know how hard it is to get that. And no, you're right. That. You're right. And I just feel like, you know, Auburn, like we shelter a lot of a lot of moments, mm -hmm. you know, that we don't really just put it out there where some of these other schools, they consider national champs on some of the years they didn't even win a national championship. <laughs> yeah. You know, so and we're not even going that far. We're just saying, like, just don't shelter achievements. Right. You know, uh, you know, Heisman and those are great, but those are not the only big awards uh, that comes uh, in football programs. And I'm super excited about the new facility. If anyone haven't heard or, or seen it or rode by it when you're in Auburn, uh, I actually took my nephews to the Auburn football camp this past Friday. And I was down there and the regionals was going on uh, in baseball. So I was down there and, you know, we're walking through the old complex as we consider now. And, I feel like an old has been because <laughs> I was telling tell my nephew, they talking about, Uncle Jay, this is not even going to be the first. I said, no, nah, they're building one right across the street. It's going to be the new one. And mm -hmm. I'm up here just looking like, dang, all these memories right here just about to be changed. Yeah. And I look at them, I'm like, dang, I'm just 40 years old. I feel like, you know, everything is getting, getting uh, knocked down because the simple fact is we live in a society now where it's popcorn uh, society where, things change every year. Like facilities change every year. People yep. build facilities for eight to $10 million and turn around knocking them down in two years and, and redoing them. I'm just like, what? Because why? It's all about recruiting now. It's oh, all yeah. about, you know, trying to do whatever you can to entice a, a kid and their family to want to choose your school. And so it has gotten, you know, to a point where nothing stays the same long enough for you to have a memory of it. So, that's so, true. so you better take some memorabilia with you and put it up in your own house because that's yeah. about as far as you're going to get. Well, and good gracious, at this point, we're all just trying to keep up or, or one up each other. And truly, I was talking to some people on staff about the plans for the new facility, and there are hologram type, like, avatar and, and virtual reality and all of those things. And it's like, good gracious, man. Now everyone, you know, then tries to do that. Well, what's the next thing? We just, right. we're in this place of, of trying to one up. That's why it's requiring almost a hundred million dollars to do this thing. It's, it really is insane. But in the landscape of SEC football, if you're not doing things like that, you're behind. So it's uh, it's going to be insane. It, it is certainly exciting. I'm not downplaying it, but it did make me think when I saw your picture down there in the current facility, I was like, man, no telling what it's going to look like in the new facility. It'll it'll certainly be exciting. Well, we have a barbershop in the new facility. So, yep. you guys, but be glad I'm not in camp because <laughs> when I was there, boy, I was cutting some heads up. Oh, man, that's good stuff. Yeah, well, we certainly all await the completion of that puppy. And, and hopefully Jay and I can get down there, maybe get a tour together so we can give 
our listeners some insight. That would be pretty cool. But let's go ahead and talk about a little bit of what's happening around summer workouts, which have officially begun. But a little bit of transfer portal news since we last spoke. Obviously, we know that we have added wide receiver from Miami, Dazlin Warsham. Well, now another wide receiver is joining the room, this time from within the conference. We have now added LSU transfer wide receiver Coy Moore. He is listed at six foot. 190. He played majority of his action at LSU in the slot, actually in 300 snaps of action, 222 of them. He was operating out of the slot, 25 snaps. He was out at wide. And obviously that makes sense when you see that he's listed at at six foot, not exactly the height that you need out there on the perimeter, but in the slot, he's considered very shifty, very reliable. So looking forward to seeing how this new scheme really utilizes him out there. But He's a former top 300 recruit, four-star, and obviously it goes without saying, familiarity with the conference. So for a depleted room and now with Ike Hilliard stepping in, it feels like a a, a bit more attention is being paid to that and they're seeing the fruits of that labor, which is certainly going to be needed by the quarterback room. And there's news coming out in regards to that. Like we reported on the last episode, Zach Calzada was deemed to be ready to participate in summer workouts. As we all know, he has been dealing with a shoulder injury that kept him out of spring ball and the spring game. Now he is back participating in summer workouts. Obviously, there is little to no contact, so that avails him a little bit more. But he was seen throwing with the receivers in the indoor facility this week. Some videos were released, which is not always common during summer ball. It was a bit fuzzy. Whoever was recording it, I was like, come on, wipe off your lens. But nonetheless, we'll take what we can get. My guy looked accurate. He looked comfortable. He didn't look like he had any kind of lingering discomfort in that shoulder. And obviously, you know, he's not out there in pads. He's not out there being contested by a defensive line or or edges rushing at him. But when comfortable, he looked very accurate. He looked very comfortable. and, And he had some spin on that ball. Yeah, I think that's the main thing you want to see is like, the ball coming off his hand, yeah. um, you know, just want to see if it's, it's the philosophy, <laughs> the velocity there. Yeah. Um, you know, that's because you, you play in a conference that defensive backs are so good. Now they're so fast, you know, receivers are, are getting bigger and stronger and, you know, the ball is, it's a pass happy league. So you want a guy back there that you feel like can make all the throws and mm. cause that's what it's going to take to take the top off the defense. And, you know, if a guy can make all the throws and he's athletic enough to get himself out of trouble, then it always helps your offense. So I think for Zach, the fact that he came in here as a transfer and he he basically missed spring from a standpoint of actually getting in the huddle and breaking the huddle and throwing two guys, you know, I think this is a bit of a relief for him to have opportunity. Here it is June and you're, you're out throwing with the receivers. You're out trying to build some chemistry and, you know, you're still in the quarterback competition. So, you know, come August, you know, you've had an opportunity to kind of build some relationships, now, especially with some of the new guys that they have coming in. It's so critical right now for those guys to get on the same page because, like you said, you were talking about a, a, a receiver room that was depleted. Now, all of a sudden, we have some talent in there as far as, like, uh, adding on some depth and different things that can, that bodes well for us. So, you know, everybody's coming from different places. So how can you, how can you work make this thing yeah, uh, you know, start to work together. And I think it's mm-hmm. going to take these guys communicating and, and a lot of guys just, you know, taking a bull by the horn and going out there and saying, hey, 
guys, we got to put extra time in. We got to put extra work in. We can't wait to coach tell us this or, or this and that. Like, we got to make it happen. When, when the team becomes a player-ran team, that's when you usually have most of your success because mm-hmm. they want it just as bad as the coaches want it for them. So uh, this is a critical summer. Like I said, I was there Friday. Got a chance to talk to Coach Harson. Uh, Coach Harson seems to be in, in in great in a great place right now, Good. mentally and emotionally. Uh, you know, I think you know the guys are buying in. I think you know the way he's approaching the guys now. There's like there you can you can see it. You know, they're building some type of chemistry and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes you go through things like Auburn did this past all season, where things just kind of got all out there in the air you know, it, it make you sit back and kind of take a look at yourself. And I think it made players kind of sit back and take a look at themselves and whatever was going wrong between the coaching staff and, uh, and, and, and the players, there was no hidden secrets. You know, mm-hmm. they had, they all had to sit there and hash it out, talk about it like grown men. And I think that propels you to have a better relationship. So I think they have a great relationship and a better relationship now because they had to hash out some things that probably wasn't brought to the forefront. That was probably, you know, talked about behind people back, but now it was there in person for these guys to all buy in and, uh, and communicate and, and everything. And that's when you get better, Taylor, you get better when, when guys hold each other accountable, you know, okay, you said you want this, then show me you want this. Don't right. just tell, tell me this, you know, as a coach, when you're coaching guys, you demand something. Okay. You have to show it yourself why you demand and why you want these guys to follow you. So, you know, I think those things happen and you know, what happened this all season, Hey, I think it opened up a lot of eyes and I just think for players and coaches, and I just think uh, it's put them in a position now where they, where they're bonded together mm-hmm. because they need each other. Yeah. Well, and no one, no one really knows all the ins and outs of things. No one really understands what all they've gone through other than each other. So it, of course it's going to kind of bond them together because they're the only one, ones who really get it. So I'm glad to see that the results of this have been net positive and, and not the alternative and certainly adding in some pieces you know, like Zach Calzada, who could come in and make an impact, or Robbie Ashford. I've seen things about Damari Alston and how he's stepping up and and these transfers at wide receiver. I think that there is this, everyone's got a place in this. And and maybe part of that is because we've bonded through something difficult. Now, I realize some of these transfers weren't a part of that. But nonetheless, I think it's, it's opened up this kind of culture within this team that we need each other. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's going to take all hands on deck, especially looking at what the off season entailed and, and the perseverance that came out of it. So I'm certainly, certainly glad to hear that. And look, some guys are already getting acknowledged for their hard work and their commitment to this program. Preseason all SEC team has been announced and Auburn had nine total players at the different levels. We had two first team selections. No surprise here. Running back Tank Bigsby and Derek Hall, no doubt leaders and expected pillars of this team on their respective sides of the ball. So congrats to both of those guys. High hopes for them coming into the fall. Then we've got defensive line Defensive lineman Colby Wooden and punter Oscar Chapman are on second team preseason All-SEC. And then linebacker Owen Papo, Keandre Jones, and Anders Carlson, third team. Tight end John Samuel Shanker and safety Zion Puckett, fourth team selection. So 
all of those certainly names that we discuss, maybe not as much the special teams guys, but it goes without saying how important those two are and, and how consistent they've been. I mean, duh, a Carlson at Auburn, it's become synonymous at this point, but um, definitely exciting for all of those. Feels way too early for things like that. And I have to assume the team feels that way about these kinds of awards. This is more so for media and fans to have something to talk about and something to get excited about, but definitely guys that that you expect to have immediate impact heading into the fall. But obviously, as we get closer and closer to football season, we still are riding the high that was the basketball season, even though it didn't end the way we wanted to. It was yet again an incredible season for this program, and it just seems like Bruce Pearl continues to reload where necessary when big names like Jabari Smith move on and Hopefully we'll hear his name called first this year, but some guys opting to stick around the planes and we love to hear that we reported on the last episode that transferred Johnny broom, who we just got from Moorhead state has withdrawn his name from the draft and will fully commit to his time at Auburn. He said he's committed to helping us win a natty, but another one has joined him in that move. Dylan Cardwell is returning for another season. He has withdrawn his name from the NBA draft as well. Now, Jason, you can add your two cents on this. Not necessarily a surprise. I feel like Cardwell is certainly someone who could benefit from another year. I don't, I don't feel like um, anyone really expected that this would be his year to go ahead and make that leap into the next level but to to withdraw your name and go ahead and commit and 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 fully go ahead and immerse yourself in the college realm for one more year I I just think that Bruce Bruce is a coach he's working year round okay it doesn't matter if it's basketball season football season baseball season this guy is constantly in season mindset And I feel like these players are adapting to that as well. They're really taking on that mindset. And I think that Cardwell is certainly one who will benefit from another year in college individually, but I also think he's someone that the program will benefit for having another year, whether it's off the bench, whether he, you know, evolves a bit more into a starting role, we'll see, but definitely a core piece of this thing. And look, just like in football, having that experience is key in basketball as well. Oh, yes, no doubt. When I think about uh, Bruce Pearl, the energy that he brings, you know, it makes you think of Dylan Caldwell. You know, this guy, you know, he plays with that type of Bruce energy. Uh, You know, he likes to get the crowd hyped. You always see him out, you know, after the game, running over to the the student fan base and everything and 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 getting excited with with the fans. And, you know, he's a guy that you want on your football. I mean, your basketball team, he brings so much energy. And he's like a Draymond Green to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, you know, you're not looking for him to give you 15 and 12 and, you know, and 10. You know, you just want him to – His it's just his presence sometimes. It makes a huge difference because, you know, when a guy comes in a game like that and he gives you that type of spark, like, you need that. And – and it just goes to show, like, sometimes we get caught up into the stats of what a person brings to the table. No, sometimes the, the hidden things, the hustle, the the going after the, the loose ball plays, the, you know, the block shots, those things make a huge difference in the game. It's not just a person scoring 30. And I think a lot of these guys are looking at, you know, Sharif Cooper, when he came out of high school as a high-profile, you know, basketball star, five-star and everything, top five guard in, in, in high school. And then he comes to Auburn and he plays, 
he missed the first couple of games uh, of the season based off NCAA violations and different things that they had going on. And then when he did get the chance to play, you know, it seemed like it was so quick. It was like a blink. And then all of a sudden, a guy like that, everyone thinks going top 10, top 15, he doesn't get drafted until somewhere in the 40s. I think that raises eyebrows to other guys like, whoa, you know what? With NIL now, I don't have to move so fast. Like, let me let me just kind of stay put and make sure that I'm in a position that when I do decide to go pro, I'm going to put myself in the best position possible because I guarantee you Sharif could come back and play for Auburn. He came back another year based off what he knows now because he know, like, it wouldn't have hurt me just to stay another year, develop my game, get a little bit stronger, and then position myself better than this year to be in a draft. Like, could you imagine if he was on that team last year? So when you think about Dylan Caldwell and you think about Allen Flanagan deciding to come back, you know, definitely I thought Allen definitely needed to come back because – he didn't have the year that he had the year before. You know, he was coming off a, a major injury, and I think he right. needed to get that time to heal and time to, to get better and everything. And uh, like I said, the teams that Bruce Pearl is putting together, like if you a guy coming back, it's not like you coming back to a program that's going to be boring. Like you coming, back to, you coming back to a program that's ready outside of getting the money in the NBA is yep. better than NBA games. I agree. So, so it's excitement to, to come back and play for Auburn. Well, it goes without saying that our baseball team certainly had a fantastic weekend this past weekend coming out of regionals with flying colors. The baseball team commanded the entire regional at home, defeating Southeastern Louisiana 19 to 7, Florida State 21 to 7, and UCLA 11 to four, becoming the first team in SEC history to score 50 plus runs in their first three NCAA tournament games. The bats were on fire, uh, but it was also in huge credit to the starting pitching. Mason Barnett allowed just one hit in five and a third innings and struck out a career high 10 batters against UCLA as well as a trio of starters allowing just seven earned runs in 16 and a third innings with 23 strikeouts. This offense, when clicking, is dang near hard to stop. And with the starting pitching performing the way that they did, really the only thing that you took away from this one is is the need for the bullpen to come alive a little bit. I think for closers, they could have been a little bit sharper. But, hey, it, it was enough to send us out of regionals very comfortably and we now head on to the Super Regionals, one of five SEC teams that will be heading to Supers this weekend. We will be playing in the Corvallis Super Regional, a best-of-three series against Oregon State. Unfortunately, we would have hosted Super Regionals if Vanderbilt would have won, but now we will be headed out to Oregon because Oregon State defeated them. Now, Oregon State is the number three overall seed, so we will be playing them Saturday. It's going to be a late one, especially if you're East Coast like you are, Jay. If, if you're on Eastern time, game time doesn't start till 1030. I'm used to staying up late only because – I still watching the NBA finals and the NBA playoffs and the West Coast. And they're games. always I'm at a, weird times. Right. And it's always late, late one o'clock. Cause I'm watching TNT with Charles Barkley and, and uh, Shaq and those guys. They're hilarious. Oh my so. gosh. Wait, did you watch any of the match? Uh, the Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, oh, I Josh didn't. Allen. I didn't. Okay. People, first of all, I like, 
obviously those guys are fantastic to watch. I, I really don't care how well they play golf. That's irrelevant <laughs> to me, but the way that, so all of those guys are mic'd up the entire time that they're playing, you can hear like their banter with each other, but the guys at the desk, cause they did it on TNT can uh, be heard the entire time too. So Bart Chuck is talking the entire time. He's talking to the guys as they golf. He's like giving input. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. It was honestly one of the most chaotic broadcasts I've ever watched, but it was yeah. funny as heck. <laughs> And see, that's what makes it, that's what made broadcasting fun. If yes. you have a group like that and they kind of just let you be yourself. And, totally. You know, I heard the guys was making jabs at each other, like mm-hmm. uh, on the uh, on the low for fun. And uh, in the crowd and the people, I heard enjoyed it. And of course, I recorded it because I was busy, but um, I am going to go back and watch it because you know, I, I, I like seeing, you know, people, guys get out their elements and show who they are, you know, outside yeah. of just the football helmet. And I just think it's it's just fun. But when you talk about our baseball team, like they're getting hot at the right time. Totally. You know, it's all about timing. And this team, you know, has timed it up perfect with the way that they're playing baseball right now, you know, especially Barnett with the pitching. You know, yeah. he's you know, he's been throwing lights out right now. So mm-hmm. I just think that uh, you know, moving forward, like yes, I feel comfortable against them going to Oregon State. You know, I, you know, Oregon State is pretty highly ranked, but at the same time, it's not about how high you rank it. Who's who's playing the best ball at this time of the year? And right now, yeah. Auburn is one of the better teams and uh and everything. So I feel very confident with them going out there. And yes, it'll be a late start. Uh you know, East Coast time, but Central mm-hmm. time, it'd be nine something, but it'll be exciting nonetheless. So Saturday, 930 Central, 1030 Eastern, that'll be broadcasted on ESPN two Sunday. It'll be nine o'clock Central, 10 Eastern, also on ESPN two. And then Monday, if necessary, again, it's a best of three um, time and network have not been announced for Monday. So pay attention to that. But 930 on Saturday, nine on Sunday, both on ESPN two. So look, Oregon state is certainly no sleeper. This is going to be a tough one. Um, They obviously hosted a regional as well. They're going to be back at home. Their crowd is going to be rowdy. Winner goes to Omaha. This is, this is everything, you know, so it's going to be a tough environment and hopefully our guys translate the energy, especially offensively that they had in Plainsman Park this weekend and bring it out to Corvallis. So Oregon State in their regional this past weekend, they did end up having to play four, unlike us, having to play three. They defeated New Mexico State five to four. That one went into extra innings, though. That one was not a guarantee. Now, they did defeat San Diego 12 to three, kind of similar to our defeats. Uh, but they lost to Vanderbilt the first time they played them eight to one, very convincingly. And then deciding it all, the final game, which actually happened on Monday when we were wrapping up our game with UCLA that had to complete on Monday due to rain. And that one, they only defeated Vandy seven to six. So by the skin of their teeth, ended up walking away with that thing. So certainly some some areas to exploit if you're this Auburn baseball team, but more so you just want to make sure you hone in on what you did well this past week in regionals and most of that being offensively and keeping those bats going the way that they did but for Oregon State some things to look out for they're led by one of the best pitchers in the country we're not just talking conference nationally this guy is one of the best he's a lefty 
Cooper Herp. He is 10 and two with a 2.45 ERA. He leads the nation with 14.46 strikeouts per nine innings. Oh, and by the way, they brought him in for relief against Vandy this past weekend. So they use him however the heck they want to, whether we see him starting or he may come running out of the bullpen. You just never know. He's that effective. He is definitely their, um, their Swiss army knife, if you will. And, and certainly one that the bats will have to get going against or else he can shut it down pretty quickly. Now, offensively for them, they only have one player with double double digit homers. That's their center fielder, Jacob Melton. So keep an eye out for him whenever he's up to bat. Uh, but other than that, that the long ball hasn't necessarily been there uh, go to this year. I, th- I think they tapped into that, found a bit more of a rhythm in it in their regional. But when you look at their stats across the season, that certainly wasn't how they got things done. So I think that it's going to be a good matchup. I think it's going to be a compelling matchup. I won't be surprised if it goes to game three on Monday. I would prefer it not, uh, obviously, if we win. But uh, I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised. I think that it, it could certainly go down to the wire and give us an entertaining super. But Like I said, five SEC teams, that's the most of any conference. Honestly, I felt like we were going to have more than five, so a little surprising. Tennessee, Texas A&M, Auburn, Arkansas, and Ole Miss advance to the Supers. Hopefully we see all of them, most of them, head to Omaha next week. How about Auburn? Would have been the first time in program history had Vanderbilt beat Oregon State. First time. That we that would have, have posted. So awesome. I oh, know. Goodness, I might have been down there in the end zone. <laughs> the sure. end zone. Yeah, I mean not the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> <In> the outfield. <laughs> I was My guy. down in the outfield. You know what? The funny is, I played baseball growing up. Yeah. And was really, really good, and had an opportunity to get drafted by the Braves out of high school. Yeah. And uh, told my parents I want to play college football. Little did I know the payroll. <laughs> did you ever regret it no I don't regret it I just I, some parts of me wish I just went ahead and played it on in high school just played football basketball and baseball just yes. to see like how far it would have really went because I was really really good when I stopped and uh, I'm sure you know and you know pitching a ball and Ronnie Brown was really good at baseball he actually signed to play both in uh in Auburn play baseball and you know of course once we got there you know they took the other sports away from us and told right. us to focus on football. But I tell you what, I really, really like baseball. I really like uh, what Coach Bruce has, uh, Bush has done. Oh, we got too. Bruce and Bush, what Coach Bush has done. We so. have Bruce, Butch, and Brian. <laughs> right. We have all Bs. <laughs> all Bs. And uh, the staff that he's put together, you know, you got to talk Unreal. about like bringing – guys that played at the next level mm-hmm. back to coach gay gross tim hudson like huge like this these guys can go to them in a prime of a season if they feel like they hit a, a roadblock and and you have leadership right there to just talk to that can help you who's been in your shoes and been to where you're trying to go like i think that has helped his staff out so much this year yeah um, you know tim hudson is probably going to end up being in the hall of fame right uh, you know so you're talking about a guy that's 
was a legend at what he did. And mm-hmm. Gabe was a really, really good baseball player at the pros. So both had long careers. And uh, so this team is fortunate to have those two guys. And Bruce, what a great job. I mean, Bush, but, man, great <laughs> it's job. tough. It's uh, tough. And let me tell you what, beyond their accolades on the field, they are good men. I, I mean, I've had the opportunity to to work with them. We've had Gabe on this podcast. Hopefully we'll have him back on within the next couple of weeks. But you know, in, in speaking with coach Thompson and and Gabe and, and several of the staff, they care about those, those boys. I was actually talking to coach Thompson about a former player who went to my high school actually, and it's a very small high school. So whenever you have someone in common, you're kind of surprised, but unfortunately his, uh, this, this player's father passed away recently. and, And coach Thompson was telling me that he gets dinner with, this former player and and his wife pretty frequently ever since his his father passed this is not a current player he's got how many kids right now that he's responsible for he's playing into the supers but a former player of his lost his father in a very young age and coach thompson has stepped into that role for him and i just think that it's it's small things like that that show you that you know they they care gabe's son who i want to say is around 8 if if I'm not mistaken, eight, nine, somewhere around there during regular season, you'll see him in the dugout a lot with the team. And look, Gabe has to have a lot of faith in the current Auburn team to let his young son be in there, you know, hearing conversations and and being around it. But he knows the type of young men that they're developing to the point that he's comfortable with his very impressionable young son being in the dugout, you know, around all of it. So I think beyond what they're accomplishing on the field, this is a program that is is being run in a very respectable way and on good values and good teachings. And I, I think it's coming full circle, both, you know, on and off the field. So incredibly proud of them. Exciting. Also, shout out to Auburn for creating such a great environment at regionals this weekend. I saw pictures and videos, even in the midst of some unfortunate weather, there were several delays, but the crowds looked incredible, so I'm hopeful that they can make something out of this weekend as well, all the way out in Oregon, and then we can see the Tigers play in Omaha. That would be a, a fantastic way to wrap it all up. But speaking of wrapping it up, I think that's going to do it for us here on Believe in Everything Auburn. Thanks so much for catching up with us each and every week. Now, we are going to do another episode next week, TBD on time. We may have a guest, hopefully baseball adjacent. Your girl's actually heading down to Omaha to cover the College World Series. So if Auburn is out there, we'll have an insider. I can give you guys the scoop. I look forward to it. Everybody, don't forget to go on and post uh, questions that you want Taylor and myself to answer as best as we possibly can the next episode. Um, Don't be shy, as they say. There's no (laughs) wrong question. I know. We need to do question box again on our stories because last time we did that, I feel like it was it was easier when prompted. So we'll be we'll be interacting with you guys. Make sure you follow us on social media. I got the first question. What? Who you think gonna be the starting quarterback for Auburn twenty twenty two? Let everybody just put that question on IG and see what the response be. Okay, we'll do we'll do some polls. Yeah. We'll do polls right now, and then we'll do polls like by fall camp and see if anyone's perception has changed. Because look, if you had asked me that in the past month, 
I've been saying Robbie Ashford. I, I think I think he's the guy. But literally now seeing a few snippets of Zach Calzada, I'm like, maybe it is going to be him. I don't know, man. It's going to be it's interesting. Anybody's, it's anybody's game, you know. You got it you is. got Robbie. You got Zach. You got TJ. You got uh, David. No, he transferred. Sorry, Holden. Transferred at Holden. Gurner. They're gonna redshirt Holden. I yeah, don't... I think he's red shirts. Yeah. So it's a three man race, I believe. Yeah, and, I uh, think so too. So that'll be a great question. And then with the next time, it'll be the receiver question because those will be some good ones to watch out for. So much to be done, but so much potential exists within this team as it always does. So looking forward to it. Keep it locked on our IG. We'll make sure and do some of those polls and question boxes and kind of get the lay of the land uh, among our listeners. So make sure you find us there. Make sure you find the podcast wherever you get them. Spotify, Apple, Believe's website. You can find us anywhere and uh, share it. Tell your friends. If you so choose, leave us a, a comment or a review. And we'll make sure to keep you locked and loaded on everything Auburn each and every week. So until we talk again, everyone, enjoy Supers this weekend. And War Eagle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.